0: But I also argue the difference there is, you know, a resilience level. You're jumping from uh, failure to failure, looking for opportunity to win. And I've never I guess that's not entirely true. I have looked in the past as failure as a bad thing, and now I look at it as a teaching tool and a learning opportunity.
1: Hey everyone. Welcome back to The Aging Entrepreneur, and we have a great guest on today, Ron Shu with Cip oasis He owns a IT company out of the Birmingham, Alabama area. He's been in it for quite a few years. He, full disclosure, he is a client of ours, we, but I've known also Ron, I guess, what, two and a half years, I guess, Ron? Yeah, two and a half, right? three at least. Yeah, yeah. So it's come goes really fast actually but so we're bringing him on today he has a great story with his company uh, and, and his company is shifting a little bit too so we're going to talk about that where the traditional fixed repair IT service world is now moving about quite a bit Cybersecurity is something we'll bring up in just a minute but um, anyways just
2: say hello Ron. Hey thanks for having me I've been uh, looking forward to this for for a long time but, Yeah, oh, yeah appreciate absolutely. it. Well, Ron, we're excited to have you today, and I always like to kick
0: off a great interview, which I get a feeling, Michael, this is going to be a fun one. Um, Y'all, y'all, y'all strap in; this should be entertaining. Um, I like to kick off with my favorite question when I'm talking to our audience. It's it's a group of entrepreneurs or people who want to be entrepreneurs, and most of them are overcoming some kind of fear. So I like to ask, "What is the biggest fear that you had to overcome to kick off your first business?"
2: Hmm. Well, failure obviously is the, is, is, is the biggest one. Um, and it's, it's interesting. I don't know when we would characterize my first, my first business. Cause I, you know, my dad kicked me out of bed when I was 13 and said, guess what? You're a paper boy, get up and go out there. And so I was throwing newspapers at five 30 in the morning. Um, so that was my first entrepreneurial gig, I suppose. But um, <clears throat> yeah, the, there's, there comes a point where you have to, make a decision and you have to to you have to jump. Um fortunately when I started Sip Oasis I was already in a in a sales role working for a a, a large Fortune 1000 company so I had stable income and that sort of thing. Um, and was able to kind of have uh you know have my one foot in each boat as it were which was probably you know not it was a risky thing because for sure, if my boss or anybody in my company had caught wind of it, it'd be knock knock who's there, you're fired. Um, so <clears throat> that could be scary. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it came very close a couple of times, which were Is that one
0: of those where you're hitting like control alt delete in the middle of somebody <laughs> knocking on your door?
2: No, it's like where I'm having a I'm having a phone call as a as representing SIP OASIS, and then all of a sudden one of my competitors is on the call. And they're like hi this is ron shu with sip oasis and he's like ron ron shu like oh do you know him he's like yeah i know him and i'm like oh i'm screwed <laughs> and then as it turns out he was you know he had used to work for my old boss so i'm like this isn't going to take long and this is not good and then <laughs> my phone rang while we're on this call i'm like wow that took even less time than i thought it was going to I checked the voicemail and it's my boss saying, Hey man, we need to need to see you in the office here as soon as you can. So I just come on in the office when you can. I'm like, all right, dead man walking. Here we go. And so, uh, <clears throat> I go down and I walk walked in and he's like, Hey, let's go in and talk with the general manager. He was like his boss. Right. like, okay. So I, I sit down and he goes, Oh yeah. Hey Ron, Hey man, go, uh, go get a box to pack up your stuff and get out of here. And I'm like, wow. what? and he's like, I know, I'm just messing with you. He's like, so we've got this money muck is coming into town in three weeks, and we want you to go and take him to visit some of your best clients and blah, 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 blah. And it had nothing to do with that. And I'm like, okay, give me a minute. I'm going to go. Uh, I got to <laughs> run to the restaurant <laughs> <laughs> real quick. Yeah, out. exactly. Oh, so it was a miracle. So there was lots of stress and, and and fear at that moment. But then, you know, once we had our first deal, had our first check in hand, you know, it's all excitement until, but you still have to look and go, okay, that's going to run out here. And I can live off of this for a little while. Yeah. And then you got to oh, going to have and, to
0: make another one of those sales. <laughs> and <another>. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's right. Oh, you mean exactly. you have to do this more than once. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. No, Lather, serious. rinse and repeat.
0: That's right. You know, it's funny that you mentioned um, that fear of kind of getting caught in the middle of doing things. Because one of the things that we recommend all the time to our listeners is, you know, you need to go out and test, test the grounds, the proving grounds, get out there uh, early in the morning before you're supposed to be at work and then on nights and weekends and and start proving, like try your best not to get into an integrity issue situation. So I, you know, Ron, correct me if I'm wrong. Um I, I've known you for a while as well. You don't strike me as somebody who intentionally got yourself into a position where you were competing at an integrity level. How, I wasn't competing
2: work? yeah, I wasn't competing with uh with my employer other right. than but with my attention, that, right? The perception would have been that I was working uh, working another job. Yeah. Um because our you know the ser- the services that I was selling at the time were uh monthly based services. So internet services, long distance phone service, that kind of stuff. Right. And this, this deal that we first got was to put in was more like a, a project installation of a big phone system for an apartment complex. So there wasn't really any conf, direct conflict of interest. Um, you know, I, I I would imagine yeah I still would have been fired if they had 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 known I was doing it. But it, it wasn't anything uh, that it there wasn't a matter of integrity, I, I don't think because the things that we were selling were not things that my, my current employer offered at all.
1: So I'm curious, like, so how old were you when this started? Like when you made that big deal and stuff?
2: Oh gosh. Uh would have been probably late thirties. Late thirties. So you had already been in the
1: corporate world for a while before this transition.
2: I had, and uh, had, had recovered from, uh, from a, a couple of entrepreneurial uh, ventures that didn't go so well. Hmm. So, you know, <clears throat> that was, um, uh, yeah, I had, I'd been around for 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 a while um, in the, in the industry. Uh, I got started with it in 94, oh, okay. in cellular. Um, so I've always been in the, in this side of the industry. Um, but then, you know, irrational exuberance days around, the, you know, early 2000s and went and chase stock options and you know, went through people who blew, th- had a horrible business plan, blew through all their money in under a year, fired everybody and, you know, get in line behind all the other unsecured creditors and that kind of thing. Mm. Um, and then, you know, we'd worked with a, a consulting firm up in, in Nashville as well as a, as an entrepreneur kind of thing. Again, just trying to, you know, part of it was entrepreneur and part of it was survival, right? You know, so it depends on that, just the difference between entrepreneur and 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 survival, I guess, is how many zeros are in the in the paycheck, right? No doubt about <laughs> it. I'd um, yeah. also
0: argue the difference there is, you know, a resilience level. You're jumping from uh, failure to failure, looking for opportunity to win. And I've never, I guess, that's not entirely true. I have looked in the past as failure as a bad thing, and I look at it as a. Teaching tool and a learning opportunity, and the thing that's going to take me—I'm—if I failed in these areas, I'm one step
2: closer to that win that I'm looking for. Exactly. Then learn how to fail fast. You know, God gave us shins so we could find furniture in the dark. <sighs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> but you remember where <laughs> that coffee <laughs> table is.
0: That, that ranks up there with everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face by Mike Tyson. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, God gave us shit so we can find furniture in the dark. That's going down, man. I'm adding that. Hey, listen, you get credit for it twice and then it's mine forever. There you
2: uh, you? <laughs> fair enough. You <laughs> can I have the uh, the NFT. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, so,
1: I, so the, I love it. So I'm curious like, so what you're describing, you were working at Corporate job and you started Sip Oasis on the side and it kind of took off from there at what point were you saying, okay, I am fully ready for SIP to be my primary thing. I'm not going to keep pushing this other job and wasting my time. Uh, What was that moment?
2: So the good, well, the good thing was that um, since I was already in the industry, it it would have been more difficult if the thing that I were trying to start were something that were completely unrelated from the field of my career. Um, So it, it, I, um, when it came time to make that that plunge, we already had our marketing plan, we already knew what we wanted to be and what we wanted to do. And a lot of that was because of timings around voiceover IP. Mm-hmm. Um, back before we started, the phone thing was a really complicated thing that involved multiple companies. And there was terrible finger pointing going on on both sides, because it's always, if you call at t it's your equipment's fault. And if you call your equipment people, it's at ts fault. And my... The, worked was kind of a competitor to AT&T. So I had that same sort of mentality. So meanwhile, the customer didn't understand any of that crap. They're like, my phone don't work. So we saw that as an opportunity to where we could do both the services side on the monthly recurring side, as well as the equipment and eliminate that finger pointing. So we kind of knew what our niche was going to be when we got started. And then at that point, it was just a matter of um, prospecting quietly and uh, praying a lot and the phone rang one day. I mean, it, it was it, it totally just kind of came out of the blue, where uh, an old an old contact was like, "Hey, I know you told me you were looking to do this, and I've got these people who are looking to put a phone system in their apartment complex, and will you talk with them?" So, yeah, absolutely. And before we knew it, we had a had a check, and uh, <laughs> actually, it was funny. They are like, "Okay, cool, we're going to do business with you." Um, we, in order to get you set up on our system, we just need to get uh, a copy of your your tax certificate, your That'd certificate nine, of insurance, right? yeah, all that stuff. And meanwhile, you know, I didn't have any of that, so we didn't we didn't exist yet. I didn't have any reason to exist. There was no revenues. I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm out in the field right now. That stuff, all that boilerplate's back in the office. Let me get mm-hmm. it back to you. You know, I'll get it to you in the morning. Um, meanwhile, then drive panic from you know insurance to bank to city hall to wherever to get everything and pray that they don't look at the dates on any of these forms that I'm submitting them. <laughs> I just needed <laughs> a lot of divine providence. <laughs> just, just hook me up. Now,
0: here's the thing that that that's where you are from launch. And then now you're breaking through in a very, I don't want to say boring because it's not boring, but it would come across boring if you were trying to explain it to somebody, right? And you're it, taking it can back, be esoteric. Yeah, there you go. That's a, that's a good word. That's a nice, expensive word. Um, but but your approach, <laughs> I mean, you've, written, you've written IT songs. You have this whole persona around IT and cybersecurity that is radically different. I, I almost put it up next to how Dave Ramsey has made finances at least exciting when he talks about it, right? And people are are drawn in because it's a necessary thing. I want to talk about your approach to IT.
2: Well, that's rarefied air there with Dave, Dave Ramsey, but yeah, our our approach, <laughs> you know, it, it all started with our burning desire to eliminate that finger pointing because you know there's a fundamental disconnect in the technology world. Joe, normal person, doesn't understand technology, and most technology people don't understand Joe, normal person. And uh, or put it another way, most technology companies don't understand business. Most businesses don't understand technology, so you're never speaking the same language, and that what is what leads to a lot of uh, misunderstandings, wasted money, um, and now in today's in today's world, that leads to uh, vulnerabilities. Um, <clears throat> so you know, part of the from the finger pointing, we we kind of edged into from going phone into network management because the phone is only as good as the network it runs on, right? So then it made sense to extend into the computers and the server infrastructure, we were already Microsoft certified everything. And so we could do that. And now over the last couple of years, we've had to pivot again, which is what I think you're you're commenting on, particularly around because cybersecurity, the hacking stuff has gotten so bad now and the bad guys have gotten so smart and so sophisticated. And the things that we're having to do now are 10, 15, 20 times more involved than anything we ever had to do before. So yeah, it's a very dynamic uh, marketplace now, which is a challenge. Um, fortunately, the news is helping. Um, people have, you know, the, the biggest pr- thing we always fought was the, you know, it, it's not gonna happen to me, I don't have anything. But as these colonial pipelines start happening and everybody knows somebody who's gotten hit by ransomware in some form or fashion, yeah. and uh, it's not fun and, and so, people are becoming more and more accepting with the fact that it really exists. So what I'm trying to do, again, is there's so much doom surfing going on right now between COVID and politics and the world's on fire and everything sucks. That my approach has been that, you know, people don't need to be scared about something else. Yes, cybersecurity is a very serious thing. It is the single most likely thing to put you out of business, to put me out of business. That's much more likely than the building burning down or something like that. That's the most real threat that any of us face today. And yet, people don't want to hear that. I mean, they kind of know it intrinsically already, but, you know, I've, I've built what I call <laughs> the, the three-legged stool of suck. And the the, the three legs of that stool are, you know, it's anything that is expensive. I have to have, and I do not understand that sucks. And that's my world right there is I'm trying to sell people things that they don't understand. They absolutely, without question, have to have them and they're expensive. You know, I'd love to give it away for free, but I can't. So through that regard, I'm trying to use. Plain speech, plain talk, inject a little bit of humor into it because, yeah, it's not funny, but, you know, it, it, if if you can't, you know, laugh at the, you know, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln was the play, you know, there's, there, there, you got to have some sort of a sense of humor these days, otherwise you're just, we're all just going to rent a gun and buy a bullet, you know, so, you know, I'm, that's kind of what I'm trying to do is make it more approachable and get to where maybe even people are seeking out you know our our content and inadvertently will learn something oh that's good i like it
1: yeah uh, <clears throat> so i'm curious we had talked right before the podcast about you're making a shift with like actual and dealing with entrepreneurs a little bit as well because i will say like traditionally speaking most people have that mindset i don't need an it company cybersecurity, that and because i'm too small or I'm I'm uh, brand new. I don't want to deal with that. I, I'm, I just log into Google. I don't need anything else. Um, or it's just me. I don't have a team of people in our office together. Or I don't have remote workers. It's just one person or something like that. But you were talking about like there's been some shift there. So talk, tell us more a little bit about that.
2: Um, well, I think the Colonial Pipeline uh, attack itself kind of exemplified a, a lot of a lot of this because. You know, everybody to a certain extent suffers from a little bit of um, uh, 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 bias, you know, mm-hmm. towards what they already believe. There's a fancier word for that, but it's escaping me at the moment. Um, but so everybody looks at, oh, sure, Colonial Pipelines—they're 2.8 billion dollar a year company. Of course, they're a target. Meanwhile, I mean, I'm just a one million, two million dollar a year company. They don't—I don't have anything. I'm not worth their time. Well the reality is that Colonial Pipeline was not targeted. Um they just got caught up in a in a wide net that could have very easily been you or or us or any of our clients. Um and m- most of the time when the bad guys get a foothold in somewhere and there's about there are I think about 360 something new ways that they can do that. So we've got to guard against all those. But once they do get that foothold, they're mostly looking to do recon, you know, they're okay. So Yay, I'm in a computer. So, is this the manager's computer at Dunkin' Donuts? Is this the Department of Defense? Is this Colonial Pipeline? They got to figure out what they're dealing with. So, now here's the critical thing is what they're doing differently now that they didn't used to do, is now they're not really springing their trap until they've spread it to every device that's on the network. And that's what really crippled Colonial Pipeline. Mm. So, they're not taking down one computer or one server, they're waiting until they can take down all of them. So the impact of that is purely operational. So I'm sure Colonial Pipeline, I know Colonial Pipeline had very good backups, you know. and people usually assume when they hear that they paid the ransom, they're like, oh, well, they got caught with their pants down, didn't have a good backup. That's not true. They had pristine backups, I'm sure. But the time that it takes to restore a backup on a thousand computers with whatever their IT staff, it would have taken them weeks to recover. Meanwhile, $3.5 million a day was not running through that pipeline. So mm-hmm. they paid that ransom the first day. And as you'll recall, they were still down for five days. It took them five days just to apply that decryption key that they bought with the ransom to get to the point where they could go back into business. So all that is to say, now I encourage everybody, entrepreneurs, and it doesn't matter what your size is, the thing that they are really ransoming is your the productivity of your entire company. You know, so the exercise that we encourage our clients to do, Is what is your annual revenue? How many days a year do you work? That's your daily revenue. A typical ransomware attack has an impact of 10 to 15 days. So, what does 15 days without revenue look like to your business? You know, what is that number? Really good indicator. That's
0: some good math.
2: Because my question to you, Ron, was going to be
0: is it always just about money? Like, why are, are people why is cybersecurity important we know that it's important but the average business owner and even the average person doesn't really understand why we're being attacked outside of a dollar bill is there is there other reasons that we should be
2: concerned um i would say for the people that are probably listening to this it, it, it's probably the Um, now when you start looking at now there are obviously nation states that are doing really nasty things like you know russia um, uh, you know russia attacked the solar winds company which is i don't know if you all know about that but solar winds was a company that makes makes network management software that's used by all of the big companies in in basically in the world so facebook microsoft department of defense or whatever so russia said hey, all of the people that we would really like to breach are using SolarWinds. So if we can get into SolarWinds somehow, and we can introduce our our bad code into SolarWinds software, then we instantly have a foothold in every customer that SolarWinds has. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much every government in the world, every major Fortune 1000 company in the world, and they pulled it off. So... SolarWinds uploaded their patch to all of the devices that they were managing for all their customers, and poof, now Russia is in all of those. And then that's they terrifying. Could... <laughs> it is. It, I mean, it really is. And you know, one of the ones that was that was that they got in that they know for sure was Microsoft. And they know for sure that they were able to steal Microsoft source code, you know, Microsoft intellectual property. So what really scares me is. You know, they got the solar winds thing through an update cycle on solar winds. Anybody ever run Windows Update? Mac user. <laughs> yeah. So um, there are nation states that are going after strategic things and intellectual property and intelligence, um, but for most of the you and me and, and, and us. It's just an easy way for somebody who's got a crappy life somewhere else in the world to make uh, an income that they never could have made any other way.
0: Right. Yeah. So really, ultimately, at at the average or below average business level, it it is about the money. So I have to pick your brain for just a second because we're in the marketing and advertising industry. You know that already. Facebook, a couple of weeks ago, went down and they like to tell everybody. That it was a DNS server update. What What are your
2: conspiracy theories on that? Oh well, conspiracy theories. I mean, yeah, that's uh, what I'm looking for, man. You, do know, that you can have as much fun with that as as, as you want. I hate Thanks. to, you know, I I, I I I I don't want to burst your bubble, but from usually the most widespread, biggest, impactful outages across the internet are almost always related to DNS. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody just you know, somebody hit the I instead of the one and hit enter, and then it propagates across their entire network, and everything blows up, and it's it's hard for them to piece it all back together again. But I will tell you that one of the things that I was really surprised that didn't get reported in the news is there's been a lot of denial of service attacks going on service providers,
1: right. and
2: that is a security and a and a, and a hacking thing. Like um, one of the largest voice over IP companies in the United States is called Bandwidth.com. Okay. Um, and they were taken down for days because of a, a ransom based denial of service attack. So, you know, for those guys, instead of the ransom being we're gonna shut down your computers unless you pay the ransom, with them, they said we're gonna f- we're gonna flood all your all of your voice servers with garbage traffic and take you down unless you pay our ransom. Oh wow. Dang. It's like having a Twilio or something like that. Right. I was going to say, I
0: wonder if that's why I get charged $10 every 15 seconds from our call tracking (laughs) software. Anyway, (laughs) we'll have to edit that out,
1: Ron. (laughs) (laughs) We'll fix that in post. (laughs) That's right there, yeah. So now that you scared us all and gave us lots of concern and all these things, but I want to talk a little bit about directly your business itself. You've obviously, since you've been running Simple Oasis for such a long time now, you've probably been through some key lessons and challenges that you face either with growth or changing the market and stuff like that. If you were going to tell somebody either in the IT or just any type of I'm building a business that's going to be servicing other businesses, what are some key things that like if, you, if I knew that earlier on that was substantially helped me or here's something like never, don't do this again. <laughs>
2: Um, here are you know here's one thing that I did that i thought was 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 pretty smart um and that was in anticipation of doing what I was going to do, I got some lines of credit with banking relationships established while I was still on the payroll, so they were making credit decisions based on my w two income not startup in not startup company that's starving to death so Kind of had that in place when I looked like a nice, normal banking customer with a nice salary and a nice nine-to-five job and all that. Hmm, okay. um, the other thing is one that I wish that I had done sooner, and you're, y'all are going to love this one. It sounds it, it, it sounds it sounds like I'm preaching to the choir, but that was the importance of marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, we have made profound differences in our company since we made a commitment several years ago to marketing, um, and. My background was always in sales. So in sales and marketing always get lumped together, right? So I never really fully understood the difference when I was in corporate America because the marketing was always done by somebody in the ivory tower. I didn't even know about it. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. So oh, yeah. I didn't fully understand how important the marketing pieces the piece is at In the beginning, before you have everything, you know, because it's so much easier to define your market and defined and define your 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 USP, as we call your unique selling proposition when you're small Mm. or when you're not. I mean, when you when you don't exist yet, when you're a glimmer in the eye, Um, you know, because once you get going for years and have some some corporate or business inertia going, you know you're not the titanic yet but you know you're 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 not as nimble as you as you once would have been and making a small change in has impacts a lot more down the road cuz it touches a lot more things um but yeah dedicate being dedicated to marketing and it it as as little you know it's fun if you make it fun but it's also a grind cuz you know mar- marketing is about doing the right thing over and over and over and over and over you know and a lot of times you're moving the needle slowly to where it feels like you're just doing it and you're never, it's, you're never going to have anything to show for it. Um, But then what we've seen is over the course of months and years now, you know, the phone's ringing people are calling us and people have heard of us. And now the list that we've built, which was entirely, which was freezing cold, you know, two, three years ago, we've been marketing to them now over, over these past years. So they know who we are we try to stay top of mind. So when they get, you know, get angry at whoever their current relationship is that, you know, they give us a call. Hmm. That's really,
0: really good points. I love that. So we have a startup listener, somebody who is going to be dealing with bank accounts, somebody who's going to be opening themselves up to uh, cyber flaws, cybersecurity, what are what are some things that they can do on their own? That's
2: important right out of the gate, besides awesome. not use the password one two three four five six seven eight nine ten. Yeah, so um, basically take your computer and turn it off and throw it out of the window. Okay, next. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Now, um, right. We're here all day. <laughs> See you next episode. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> good. That's hard. Bottom copy's yours. Yeah, so um, the password hygiene is really the 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 the. the I would say the three the three things that anybody can do, that is the lowest hanging fruit and makes yourself the, you know, the smallest target possible, is by forcing yourself to use good password hygiene. And what I mean by that is um, using a password manager. It's a piece of software. There's one called Dashlane, D-A-S-H-L-A-N-E. That's a good one. There's another one called LastPass. Last pass L A S T P A S S. And we actually include that as part of our cybersecurity offering for our security clients. We 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 give them give them that. That's and what that lets you do is it can automatically generate passwords for you. So like mine, it automatically generates a 20-character combination of letters, characters, numbers, uppercase, lowercase, you name it. Something that nobody would ever be able to guess and that I could never remember. But the right. password manager stores that for me. So what the manager lets you do is you want to have, by hygiene, I mean, you always want to have one password that is uniquely used for any site that you've got. Or put another way, do not ever have the same password on two accounts. Always have one account, one password every single time. Easy to keep up with if you use the password manager.
0: One account, um,
2: and then you password. just have to have, you just have to have like a passphrase I'd recommend instead of using a word, use a phrase or a sentence and mix it up with capitals and whatnot, because you're going to want to have you're going to have one password to rule them all. That's your your password manager password. And obviously, you want to protect that with your life, because that's if they get that, then they've got you. They are you. Uh, The other thing would be um, to use uh, multi-factor authentication on everything that will allow you to do it. And multi-factor authentication is just another thing. It could be an app that runs on your phone like Google Authenticator. It could be a text message that they send you. But the point of it is, it's something beyond just having your username and password to get into whatever it is. Um, That would have stopped the Colonial Pipeline. But those two things probably would have prevented Colonial Pipeline, they had so just uh, for account.
0: clarification, how much would that have saved them in ransom? <laughs> uh
2: $4.5 million in ransom and $3.5 million per day times five days. So all right. So I was a history down. major. So.
0: 15 to $25 million. Yep. If somebody had taken the time to put a two-factor authenticator on their phone.
2: Correct. Or on their uh in this case, they got in on a VPN. So a VPN is a virtual private password, but what the right. virtual private network. But yeah, right. anything that allows access. To something you care about, should have two-factor authentication enabled on it.
0: Okay,
2: I'm sure the somebody bank. lost
0: a job over that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I would, yeah. I would think so. I would think so. Absolutely. And then the last thing is to you know stay on top of your patches. Um, patching is a process in a computer. You know, you always see an update that comes up on your computer or an update that comes up on your phone, and they always want you to update the software. Well, most of the, a lot of the times when they're doing that is because They've discovered a vulnerability that nobody knew about before. And then they're like, oh crap, we didn't know about that. We got to fix it. And so that's why, you know, you think of a patch, you put a patch on your jeans when you wear a hole in it. So that's what exactly what this is. Somebody's found a hole in the software and they patch it. So
1: for their solar winds, they found the piece of Russian code. (laughs) They got to repatch that.
2: (laughs) uh, Yeah, exactly. Hopefully, you know, you don't want Russia in your patching system. (laughs) Right.
0: No (laughs) doubt. So you've given some incredible value to our listeners, you know, password hygiene using LastPass. Love the fact that you include that in your services. Um, Multi-factor authentication, um, two-factor authentication, and then staying updated on the patches. This is that simple little icon on your iPhone. Or whatever you use that says update available, that's a patch almost always, yep. unless it's a major update.
2: So and also think about yeah, that. Think about that concept because now we've already pointed out. You know, you're, so you so your phone has a patching cycle, right? You get operate, you get OS updates from app from Google or Apple or whatever, right? But then if you go and you look at your, you know, you look at your your phone in the App Store. I'm an Apple user, so I looked. I looked at in in the App Store this morning, and I think I'd updated all my apps, like. A couple of days ago, and I had 67 apps that needed to be updated on my phone. Mm. You know, every one of those is, a, I mean, every app that's on your phone is now a potential vulnerability. I mean, we, we always laugh in our B&I about being at war, but this is the, we literally are at, at, at a global war with these powers. And every man, woman, and child, and child that has a device that's on the internet is a party to that war right you know they don't care that they they don't care or won't even know that it's a child you know so maintain those patches on like your 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 router at your at your home most people go to best buy they buy a router they plug it up and then they use the internet and that's it and they never think about it never go back again but your route there there are published ways on the internet already. So if you have a particular type of router that's using a particular type of firmware, here's how you can get around it and corrupt it and redirect all their stuff and you know really stick it to the people that are that were using it. So every device from your Apple TV to your Nest thermostat to your Ring doorbell, anything that is a smart device has an update cycle on it and you need to think about that because You know that baby monitor that's looking at your kid while he's asleep—that could be being used by somebody for bad reasons.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah. Next thing you know, we're going to have a dark web episode where we bring Ron in (laughs) to tell us like (laughs) where to go look for baby pictures. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about that, tales.
2: October is National Cybersecurity Awareness Month, so there you go. I love tales from the encrypt.
0: Oh man, I miss Tales from the Crypt. That's a great series you could do on your own podcast, man. <laughs> you have to.
2: You have That might be trademarked. We had a we have a, a vendor of ours that was, was rolling around with t-shirts that said Tales of the Encrypt encrypt, you know, E N-C-R-Y-P-T. So oh, maybe well. they'll let me use it for good for good cause.
0: I mean, just tell them, you know, do what I do and give them credit twice and then it's yours forever. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't know that actually holds up in court,
0: but it's a detail. <laughs> it's only for one yeah. month. That's right. It's only for one month out of the year. It yeah, works every split. time but once. <laughs> that, that's a good point.
1: Oh man. Awesome. All right. So we're coming up on the on our time here, Ron. Thank you for taking time to talk to us, talk to our listeners about. What you've done in your business, I love some of the key takeaways about building some credit and kind of just
2: those small things that do make a big difference, which is nice to hear. Um, the last thing I would that I, I I forgot to mention yeah. during all of that is to surround yourself with with good like minded people. And by like minded, I don't mean echo chamber kind of rah rah thing, right. but. You know, I know I got to know you from BNI, which is a a great organization, especially if you're in a startup mode, because everybody in that room with you wants to give you business. And everybody in that room is required in some form or fashion to give you business eventually, or, you know, it's a referral organization. So it's a great way to grow your business and learn other and meet other business people to uh, be around you that you can learn from too. And then the next one was uh, EO is a, is a similar organization, Entrepreneurs Organization. I, I got to plug that because it's been transformative for us because, as you all know, being an entrepreneur is a, it can be a lonely gig a lot of times. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, um, you're, my, my wife works with me in the business, so that doesn't apply to me. But a lot of times your wife is like, OK, will you please shut up? Stop talking about it. And your friends are like, you know, dude, football's on. It's nine o'clock. Why are you talking about work? We stopped working four hours ago, you know, and you can't complain to your employees because they'll quit. You know, you're worried about making payroll. Who do you talk to about that? You can't talk to anybody, your employees about that because they'll quit, you know? So having like a group like uh, an EO was the particular one that really did it for me is uh, to have a that 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 room of people who are all dealing with the same things. You know, we meet regularly and help each other out with our own business problems. And guess what? Most of the time, the business problems that we're facing are the same business problems that we've all been facing. They're surrounding with people or, you know, I mean, it's it's oftentimes not novel, the things that come up, but um, but also just the different perspectives that you get. It, it, it's It's been transformative for us. I wish that I had done it 10 years earlier than I did
1: nice yeah it's, i feel like it's a common theme whenever we ask somebody some key things that they learn and it's always surrounding yourself with other people they'll to basically to make you better in the multitude of counsel there is wisdom yeah we, we hear that a lot and i think it's just 100 true because you can't win in an empty room like you have to have other people around you but um well awesome i enjoyed this Ryan. so uh, hey, tell thanks, our man. listeners how how do they reach you or sip oasis how do they get in contact with you
2: yeah, they can go to uh, www.sipoasis.com. That's s i p o a s i s.com. Uh or they can call our office. I'll be happy to talk with any of them at uh, area code 205-623-1200. And we'll put all of that information in the show notes so that's
0: easy for awesome. people to click and call. Yep. Ron, what a pleasure it's been talking with you, man. Uh, Thanks, guys. We love we love working with you and appreciate you big time. But more importantly,
2: uh, appreciate the value you brought to the listeners today. It's awesome. Hey, we appreciate the opportunity. Anytime we can evangelize this stuff, it's a good day. Awesome. Awesome. All right. All right. Y'all have a
0: great week and we'll catch you on the next episode. See you, Ron. Take care. If this podcast inspired you to take action as an entrepreneur, we want to hear about it. Send us an email, agingentrepreneur at gmail.com. And
1: if you like this episode, please consider leaving us a review or five stars on whatever platform you're listening to. Until then, find your dream and keep chasing it.